Welcome back, Rage Nation. Got myself Pete here. That's yeah. not really exciting. You got Senior Dixon. I don't think that's appropriate. And you got Monsieur Leopard. Explorers deserved it. No. Absolutely. I was disgusted. I cannot believe they've done this. Why is wacky? Why is that good? It's just nonsense. I disagree on that. That's not possible. <laughs> We're getting the band back together. We're on a mission. Yeah. Now, now we've got a whole new list of things to complain about. Welcome back, Rage Nation. We are at it again. Got myself Pete here, and we uh, got my boy Dixon back. I think we uh, discovered that Dixon's never going to fly Spirit ever again. Never. <laughs> I, I got stuck in the airport for two days. Yeah, I, well, it's funny because when I booked it, I was like, so are you okay with Because some people, do, like, I won't fly Spirit, but some people don't mind. So I was like, um, how about Spirit? And you're like, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll fly Spirit. I don't care. Yeah, I'll fly anything. And, and I never had an experience that was this bad in an airline. I didn't realize that he had that um, reputation. <laughs> yeah, so ended up getting you back, though. Had a good weekend besides that. I feel like everything else went pretty well. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Everything yes. was perfect. Like, that weekend, I I mean, I needed something like that after the two years that I had. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're going we're gonna to talk about the event. Uh, not necessarily, like... I know mine, I'm not going to go purely round by round just because tomorrow, actually, I'm recording uh, with somebody from, I think he's from Poland. Okay. And we're actually doing a, a Sand Deep Font and Magic uh, deep dive. So. What time was it that you, because you, you mentioned that to me, but you didn't tell me the time. Uh, it is like butt crack in the morning. I think it's like seven o'clock my time, eight o'clock your time. All right. I'll fix that. So feel, right. free to, feel free to join us if you want to complain about Sandeep. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'm going to give that <laughs> color commentary. <laughs> yeah, we ended up going to Houston. We're going to talk about uh, just kind of our experiences, some of the things that we noticed, because there definitely are some things that I think you and I both took away from that event. And then we'll talk about generally how we did, if we want to get into some details of that. Uh, we did have some uh, strong field games, so there were some games where, you know, there was some clenching of fists and mashing of teeth, and and we'll talk about that. Oh, yeah. But before we get into it, make sure that you guys are checking us out. You can do that on the YouTube. You can do that on to uh, – we got our Discord channel, which is usually popping off pretty good. We also have Twitter, and if you want to support us directly, you can do that by signing up at patreon.com slash ragequitwire, where you can support us for as little as a dollar. You get to do things like hang out in the chat during the live recording. We usually have about – Anywhere from two to four people that show up for that. And then also something that is being done that this probably happens about three to four times throughout the year. I usually do a giveaway for um, our patrons. It's not technically a giveaway because Patreon's not cool with giving away things. So <laughs> it's just kind of like, hey, I got this stuff. Who wants it type deal? Right, right, right. Uh, I think earlier in the year I gave away like painted Chi and Gong crew. I gave away... A couple other painted models. I gave away like a painted teddy. I gave away a voodoo doll that I got from the content creators at uh, Captain Con a few years ago. And then uh, we actually just got the alternate Eric uh, from the tournament that we just went to in Houston. And like we, I mean, people, people like Dixon and I usually don't need like 
actual models and stuff. So when Dixon picked that out, I was like, oh, cool. We'll just give that away to the uh, the patrons. So that's what we're doing. <laughs> and we'll see if Dixon can pop back in. Um, but the uh, yeah, we're going to give that away. So patrons have that capability. They get to hang out in the chat. Like I said here, they get the content earlier than other people. So yeah, lots of cool things for supporting the podcast. And we appreciate y'all a lot. So definitely excited to get into this, but also if you want to support us, you can, if you buy stuff from weird, you can go to, uh, give us your money, please. Thank you. Dash weird.com slash rage quit wire. And anything you buy there, a certain amount gets kicked back to us. And we appreciate any of that. Uh, yeah. And it was a fantastic weekend. Uh, I, I think everybody generally had a pretty good time. It, it was pretty, I feel like it was heavy talent wise, meaning like there was a lot of people there that were competitive. There were a lot of people in the mid tables that were good players, not just kind of like your casuals. We did have some new players there as well. So that was definitely interesting to see um, them get those experiences. And I think they genuinely had a really good time um, as far as that goes. Um, (laughs) Well, anytime Dixon drops Titania Barkas, that can just be frustrating. <laughs> double, and that's one thing we're going to talk about in this tournament. Uh, there were a lot of double master dropping going on, which I don't know if I was prepared for. You know, I didn't double master, but it, it kind of started getting me thinking about it. So that that was kind of one of the things that I was like, okay, well, we're going to have to seriously take a look at this now. And I I do think that the terrain at this tournament was also something that was very enjoyable. Um, the terrain made the games interesting. You had to work around them. Uh, if your crew wasn't good at working around terrain, you, you had a tough day for sure. So, <laughs> and I, I think we're going to look at a lot of stats here for some of these masters. And I, I was looking at the win, win loss rates of certain masters and uh, factions in this event. And it was interesting. To look at Titania. She didn't have a great tournament. I think she only won a handful, like a handful of games, but I was telling Dixon that he runs Titania very well. There's a lot of people that run her that don't. So he, he did a very, he always does a very good job with her. I'm actually, that is the one master that when Dixon drops it, I'm very worried about. Um, so the, uh, going into the event purely, I'll, I'll just kind of talk about it. Seraph has a good question there asking, uh, what the limitations was. So this, this event, I'm, we're going to focus mainly on the three or the two day event. They did have uh Bonanza brawl and they did have henchman hardcore. Uh, we didn't participate in any of those. Um, but the main tournament was 50 soul stones, uh, and it was a band format. So, uh, it wasn't balanced. foe. you could, you could bring whatever. So it's not what the Malfo world series used. It's literally just, you can bring whatever and then you have a band format. So that's, uh, that's what the format was and it was good. I enjoyed it. Um, but double masters definitely was something that I didn't think as many people were going to bring, but there were a lot of double masters yeah. uh, selected in this event. I did it to, uh, the last two events. Yeah. You, you participated in the God awfulness known as double mastering. Yeah. Yep. I mean, after talking, you and I talking about your round two, I decided, okay, we, we can't just have this as a blind spot. Let's just try it out. So I tried it yeah. myself. 
Yeah, and it it definitely because I think I think I played Double Masters twice, um, and one of them was the game one of the games that I lost. So it definitely yeah, it, there were some problems to it. I mean, it wasn't like busted, and I there's no way to deal with it. It's just uh, yeah, I I don't think I adjusted fast enough to win the game. So that's kind of where that one came into play. Um, so yeah, Double Masters. I was surprised to see as many as there were. So I just kind of shared Dixon, the format, and just kind of general the weekend, what we did. I said we didn't do the Bonanza Brawl or Henchman Hardcore. We just focused on the two-day event uh, specifically. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and as far as the uh, proxies, you could have proxies. You just had to okay them with the TO first. So some people some people did. I know that John Mozart, uh, he forgot to bring Sammy because he, he lives in you know, a city kind of over. So he would ask his opponents like, Hey, uh, is it okay if I use the X model as Sammy yep. when he dropped Whizbang? And I think most people were okay with that. Oh yeah. Uh, I had one, uh, actually it was first round, which Doug says that it was completely random, but he put me on, on camera. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I asked Ambrose, Ambrose, I have the Ruguru in the back, but is it okay if I just use this pair because it's right next to me? And yeah. Ambrose is completely fine with that. He's like, "Yeah, no, we exact we know exactly what it is." <laughs> yeah, and it's it's definitely. Let me get rid of. That. Oh, and Sarah, most common master. I'm, I was looking through. Uh, technically speaking, uh, it would be like Masaki because there were so many Ten Thunders, but I will have to like look at it again with a fine, you know. Well, Seraph said specifically second master. That's what I'm saying. I, yeah, I don't have the numbers on that, uh, but I would suspect that it would be somebody like Misaki just because there were so many Ten Thunders. Correct. And I'm trying to find more information, but I don't have a, an account with uh, uh, Longshanks, but Longshanks will have the data. Well, no, Longshanks doesn't record second master. No though. way, really? Yeah, they don't have that in there yet. I thought they did. All right. Well, That's why... I, Doug has the information. He just, I don't think he's published it yet. Uh, that's what I'm going through. I couldn't, I'm slowly trying to find it. Because he said that he did put everything. Well, he might. But also, I know some people didn't fill out those forms completely. Uh, so they might not have put when they selected a double master on there. Gotcha. And yeah, one out of five players were 10 Thunders. So that was great to see. He was uh, definitely upset yeah that's why <laughs> that's why i decided to to play 10 because I, I remember that we had the conversations like which faction i'm gonna go after we played the lone star and after watching so many 10 thunders and us not having that much practice against them i figured i'm just gonna take that you know grenade <laughs> yeah and i'm gonna pull this up on uh long shanks and i'll put the event in there in a second so the people in the chat can kind of eyeball some of the stuff as well i'll just do it Be- right here because uh oops go to my dashboard boom. yeah i got the link here boom unless you already put it yeah, yeah that's what i'm saying yeah so for those listening the breakdown was definitely um interesting we had 11 10 thunders players we had nine neverborn players six outcasts five resers five bayou four uh, guild three Arcanists, and then only two Explorer Society. So I was surprised about the Arcanist one when I saw there was only three of us playing Arcanist. I was like, well, that's pretty different. Yep. <laughs> Same here. I thought there would be at least like 10 of you. Yeah. 
Um, so yeah, I mean, we ended up getting there on Friday and I think you probably did the thing that helped you out the most this weekend, Dixon, where you actually played a game on Friday to kind of kick the cobwebs off because you haven't played in a while. That's right. I got my, I, my, I don't want to swear, but teeth kicked in by Jim. Insert yeah. whatever you want in there. <laughs> hey, you got a little thunder there. I huh? told you, man, that storm shook my my entire electric. Like the house is just like blinking lights. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and that allowed you to kind of just get used to moving your models around, flipping cards, kind of getting like yourself set up on an actual board as opposed to on Vassal, right? Exactly. Like I, I the shuffling of the cards, the the passing back and forth the clock, everything was just it clicked faster the the following day. Yeah. Yeah, and I just kind of pulled in Friday, and honestly, I just hung out with people. Um, I play, you know, I play every week, so I don't need to get models out and kind of get a feel for the board and stuff like that. So I, I wasn't worried about that. Um, I had somebody ask me for a game. I was just kind of like, you know, it's like almost five o'clock. We're getting ready to go eat. It's like, yep. I'll, uh, I'll see if I have time later in the weekend, but didn't end up having any time for that, which is fine. It, it took me about eight and a half, nine hours to get down there. So I was, I was good to chill anyways. Oh yeah. So we get into this event. We start seeing kind of the amount of players, right? And I do, I think you very early decided you were going to Iron Scorpius, and yes. I was in the mentality of I'm going to drop Sandeep two until I lose with him twice. Is kind of what I went. Yeah. We we actually set our minds. Uh, I think about a month ago, you were kind of iffy on on whether or not you wanted to solo the the keyword, and I and I told you it's like at the very least bring the other two just in case, even if you do end up playing him the entire time. Yeah, I uh, I never in an event this big have solo to master. I always choose different stuff because I like playing different keywords and stuff. Um, so generally speaking, I don't solo. So this was kind of really the first big tournament where I decided to do that. And, I, and it was fun of magic, which made it interesting. But also it, it kind of, by the end of day two, it started putting some mental strain on me because, you know, you don't play sand deep just kind of one sort of way. So, like, by the time I got to round six, I was, there were, and we'll talk about it because it's one of those, it's one of those matchups that I, I was thinking about, you know, quitting. Like, I was, oh. I was about to rage, I was about to rage quit. Dang, and, this is the reason why I wanted to do the, the round per round, because your last game was, like, epic, you know, RQW uh, story. Yeah, so, I mean, I'm not, so we can do that for you, Dixon. Sure. Because I don't want to do it for me because, like I said, next episode is going to be Sandeep, so I don't want it to be Sandeep, Sandeep, Sandeep. I mean, you know what? That actually is perfect because we can uh, – I will ask you, like, random questions because you did play Sandeep into pretty much everything imaginable. Yeah, I got a nice little array of – the only thing I'd, I – I wish I would have got a Rezzer game and then a Guild game in there, but that's fine. I mean, you um, only have six games out of eight factions, and you still you got to see double masters, you got to see control masters, aggro man, like literally the entire gamut. Yep, ran the gamut with Sandeep. Yeah, so, okay. so if you want to do that, then yeah, I can clear, clearly tell you what happened for mine. Yeah, I mean, and I'm gonna put the I'm gonna chop up the battle report that basically with you playing against Ambrose yeah. that they that they recorded right. And, uh, yeah, we'll go ahead and uh, we'll put that up on the YouTube channel so people can actually check that out right. um, after I clip it. But 
looking at round one with it was guard the stash you you ended up playing against Ambrose, who I think he's from the Northwest, or is he from Canada? I'm not sure. He's from Washington State. Uh, they do have uh, people that are 45 minutes away from Canada, uh, including Angel. Mm-hmm. And if I remember correctly, that's also Noble's, uh, uh, which we call it, um, Meta. Noble is, I believe that's just his name. Uh, it, well, that's what it says here. It says, uh, Noble Solana Walkinshaw. From the Pacific yeah. Northwest, yeah. And he was, like, really, really good. He got, like, seventh place, but I think it was because something, you know, card-wise happened. <laughs> yeah, and, I mean, you ended up dropping what into his what? Uh, into Ambrose. So, it's Neverborn v. Neverborn. So, I mean, he... Well, first things first. First things first. A reminder of what happened. Pete and I making decisions to go into the tournament. Me having, you know, whatever models we have. And I wanted uh, Iron Scorpius, so all of my lists were set in stone, basically, mm-hmm. for every round. So this round was Barkus, regardless of what was in front of me. Uh, yeah, did you just run Barkus, or did you bring a second master there? No, this I, I only started sec, uh, second master after our game because of what you told me happened to you. Yeah, did Ambrose... Um... Did, did Ambrose end up dropping Zoraida? Is that what he dropped? Yeah, he, he dropped Zoraida 1. I'm looking it up right now on my iPad because I saved all my games. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, and that one's interesting because, I mean, your master is going to have concealment, so that's good. That can help kind of maybe guard some of your crew. But yep. I'm interested to hear, like, how aggressive. Because you, when you play Zoraida, you're super aggressive. So oh, yeah. I'm curious to hear how Ambrose was. So so I'll, I'll tell you this. So, well, he actually went scheme heavy. He actually he didn't bring bad dude. Let me just say his, his crew. Sarida, first mate, widow weaver, uh, a couple of silhouettes, and one bokor. That was his. Oh, and a uh, willow wisp. That was his entire list. So everything's very squishy, but everything's fairly mobile. Yeah. And, and I saw that his uh, general gist was gonna be doing the nasty trick with a willow wisp. Yeah. And then turn the the puppet, the voodoo doll, into a stitch together. So, I was like, okay, so I still can fight through that. He's just gonna shut down one of my, one of my beaters, but I need to kill the Bokor. Yeah. So that was it. That was like mission number one was the Bokor, and I was like, mission number two was gonna kill the, the uh, what you call it, the Willow Wisp. But I, I was like, you know what? Uh, I have to get into the Willow Wisp, so I might as well take a one attack and see if I can one shot it. And ended up yeah, being like if that. If people don't know the Will-O-Wisp trick, basically what they do is Zoraida makes her little voodoo doll, and the voodoo doll makes itself like a miniature copy of your beater. So let's say the Peacekeeper. Yep. And then all of a sudden you take the Will-O-Wisp over there, and you Will-O-Wisp just puts a crap ton of crappy conditions on a model. Yeah, it's distracted. So, it's distracted stun base just on, on yeah. touching you, and then if you have a low crow, any crow, it's also slow. Yeah, so basically, anytime you do that to the voodoo doll, it does it to what it attached itself to with its upgrade. So if you make yourself a mini peacekeeper, that means when the voodoo doll gets slow, the peacekeeper gets slow. Yep. When it gets done, the peacekeeper gets done. And it literally makes a model useless, so you have to kill the will o Yes. So, like I said, it's like first priority was the Bokur, but incidentally, I was going to hit the will o on the way in. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I got lucky. If you watch the match, I, I get double moderate, and I just one-shot it. 
Oh, wow. Yeah, so that was lucky. <laughs> Actually, that feels good. Yeah, that happened like three of the games. Uh, in, in one of the games, we'll get to it, but the Titanic thing happened to somebody. Mm-hmm. Where it was nothing but moderates. Anyway, but like back to the Barkus. So Barkus, I did the thing. And Tiger what, did you, what did you bring with Barkus? Oh, that's right. I'm so sorry. Uh, so uh, Barkus, Jackalope, uh, Miranda, because Miranda never leaves. I don't know why I love her so much, but I do. Mysterious Emissary, because Doug got that into my head like three months ago. Uh, then once uh, Slate Rich Mauler, and then two Initiates. Okay. And the entire purpose of the initiates was to give upgrades. That's it. And like kind of like be annoying. As they do. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, it's twelve points of two models doing, you know, kind of like side crappy jobs. And then I have three beaters in the mauler, you know, master and the emissary. So I should mm-hmm. be fine on damage. And then Miranda just plays switch hitter, right? <laughs> then came the nasty crap. Because I lucky, like, I one-shot it. Well, not one-shot it, because I didn't realize that Ambrose had done so much damage to the Bokor. So then I hit it for three. I was like, I'm going to try to hit some damage now, and then I'm going to finish it off next turn, right? Yeah. That did not happen. I, I hit it for three damage, and it died. And I was like, what? <laughs> like, <laughs> but that wasn't even, like, the craziest thing. The craziest thing happened the following turn when I went after the... the the whatchamacallit, the first mate. Dude, if you watch those flips and stuff, I did eleven damage to the to the first mate. And it prevented I think it was something like eight or nine. Yeah. Yeah, and, and literally to keep it alive, he needed to flip a moderate at the end and then just ran away for the rest of the game until I, I chased it down and killed it. Nice. Yeah, but it was like we all agree that that was probably the defining moment of the game. Yeah, like I was like, uh, with what we say, like, I'm on a winning position from this point, I can only lose. Yeah, and I will say that it is something when you're playing in an event just to recognize how the the health pools of everything looks. Because my, I'm not going to go deeply into my game one, but it was Misaki versus Sandeep. And I was turn one and two, I was kind of just lighting things on fire. So the health pool just steadily started to go down, right? And I I looked and I saw that uh, uh, the big uh, big machine gunner dude, uh, what the heck's his name, um, Fuhatsu. Yes, yes, yes. Was like only had four hit points left, and I was like, I think I dive in and try to kill this model. So it's just something when you're playing like playing in a tournament, you just got to recognize where those points are and like where you need to take take chances to kind of like dive in and try to you know finish something off or try to see if you can spike a little bit. You know, there's lots of Little opportunities that you can take in the game. Yep, and you have pretty probably one of the best models in Arcanist that can actually do that in the uh, Wind Golem, because you have multiple ways to deal with defenses. Like, oh, you have armor. I do different sources of damage with this model. Oh, you have a uh, hard to kill. Same thing. I I do like three points of damage that are not in a you know one solid hit. It's it's super dumb. The model is super dumb. <laughs> Yeah, the uh, the wind golem was definitely MVP of the uh, of the event, which I'll talk about on the next episode yeah. for sure. So as your game kind of started to go, I mean, were you just like doing a ridiculous amount of work with Barkus? Who was doing the heavy lifting? No, the the heavy lifting after that, the the biggest next event uh, that happened in that game was the mysterious emissary just shooting down range all those uh, hungry lands. 
Yep, those yeah. are bad. Yeah, so that was the, the next thing that happened that then Ambrose was trying to like run all away from. So he wasted actions just trying to get away from all the severe. Yeah, which is tough because they're severe terrain. You're probably staggered, so it's really difficult to move out of them. Yeah, that's exactly what happened. Like he had like multiple lanes were just covered in hazardous, and he was like speed, you know, one uh, three, and half speed. You're only moving one and a half inches. It was really bad for him. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of in those instances. You just have to kind of make peace with okay, this model might die. I need to just get two solid actions out of it. Oh my god, yeah. Um, so how did the game end up finishing up then there? Uh, so, uh, the, like I said, big events, one was doing so much damage to the first mate that it's out. Cause it was like, if I remember correctly, he had two VPs on that model. So he lost two VPs on that model not being there. Mm. Uh, me controlling, uh, basically where, uh, Soraida could, could like actually, get to because of all the hunger land because she was like low on health and then on top of that she you know she has to move out of it or die and it, it's just little things like that yeah, the game basically then escalated to i just could not kill the silhouettes so he effectively got five points from the silhouettes that's uh that's pretty good those boys were doing work then Oh, yeah, they were doing gas. Well, I mean, I spent so much, so much on trying to deal with the first mate uh, that the silhouettes were just able to just escape. They were just doing whatever they wanted, huh? Yeah, they did God's work. They did uh, two points on the strategy for him, two points from Sabotage, and set up his secret meetup. Okay. Yeah, his five points literally came from those 12-point models. And it was a thousand percent because he he had put so much pressure on one part of the board that the silhouettes were able to just skirt from the side of the table so what did you get your points from then because you, you ended up winning. um yeah yeah well i got four points from guard the stash because of how much of attrition i won mm -hmm. uh i got in your face because i i finally killed the 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 first mate with my master so first point and then the second point the biggest model that i had in my crew was the emissary and the emissary had like no damage on it yeah so my emissary just ran into his deployment zone to cap the the guard that's just in his deployment zone and also get me my in your face. Okay. Yeah. So I literally, I, I got seven points, but it was shocking and impressive to see his two silhouettes score him five BPs. Well, and when I saw the result of your game, that that generally had me feeling pretty good because then I knew, okay, Dixon's kind of getting in a groove and can kind of play with people here because. You know, when you haven't played for a while, you don't know if you're going to be, you know, playing slow. We're playing on clocks, yep. which I do want to talk about for a sec. And, mm. you know, it, it was good to see you get a win. Uh, oh, what yeah. was your impression of playing on clocks in a Malifaux tournament? It was fun. The only thing that I, and I, I, I kind of understood this after, it, it didn't affect me as much, uh, was the clock in between us. You know, yeah. like... That was the only thing, and the reason for it is I probably became more aware of it after like round two, when I started asking people that were coming over and we were talking, mm -hmm. and they're like newer players, and they said, "Yeah, I hate the the fact that the clock is not stopped while we're both doing the thing, yeah, because it feels like they're stealing my time," <laughs> and that thought was in my head for the rest of the weekend. Yeah, the only thing that I tried to do is when the clock was on me. So people that don't know. The clock goes back and forth while you're active, but then the shared time, the player with initiative turn one 
keeps the clock on them from turn one until the start of turn two. And then the next time it goes to the next player. So the end of turn two, it goes to the opposing player. They have it from turn two until the start of turn three. And then it goes back to the other player. And then for the final iteration, it goes back to the other player. So each player has it on them twice. Um, And the thing that you got to think about is if you finish, uh, like if I finish all my end of turn stuff and if I'm all ready to go, if my opponent is still getting themselves ready for all the in-between stuff, you can flip the clock back to them because I'm done. I've got all my cards, got all my stuff taken care of. I'm waiting on you. The, the clock can go back to them until they're ready to move forward. Yeah, yeah. No, and, and I mean, again, the thing that they most said was basically just pause the clock and lower the total clock to like 55 minutes or something like yeah, that. I don't think you need to. I think once you get used to it, it's not bad. Well, I, I agree with you, but I don't also want to dismiss the majority sure. of players. Yeah, and I will say, though, and. I, I didn't hear, and I didn't talk to everybody, so take this with a grain of salt, but I did talk to a lot of people. I didn't hear anybody complaining about clocks like screwing them over. I, the only thing I heard is there was a couple times where people ran out of time and then they were kind of done. And yeah. that didn't happen a ton, though. Like all of my games, my opponent and I, we finished the game. Like there was no, yes, there was no ending of the game because of the clock in my games, and that felt really good. So my second round there was a clock out and um, when you're ready, we go to the second round, but like also top tables, I think it was round four. There was a big kerfuffle because of clocking out as well. Yeah. And I, I will say when I played against angel, he was getting close to clocking out. Um, yeah. He didn't. So I would just say just, and, and honestly it was because he kind of came slowly over to the table. Doug said to start the time I was ready and he wasn't. So, I mean, he wasted like five to 10 minutes just kind of getting himself together So I do think the one thing I did here that I think could be done a little bit better is the in-between round time. So like getting from table one to table 20 and then, you know, making sure you're, you're good to go because I'm sure there are some people that lost time because it, it, because they didn't get to their table in time and then the clock started and they lost time. that way. So I I do think that could be uh, worked on for sure. Yep. Yep. Uh, so yeah, let's go ahead and uh, round two, which I believe round two was, that was cursed, I believe. It's, uh, so I got it right here. Let me go round two, click, and it says, yep, cursed objects. Uh, this was hilarious, in my opinion, because I saw the, the, the whatchamacallit, the schemes, and I was like, yeah, I know Assassinate is bad for Hinomatsu, but everything else is gold. <laughs> Oh, it was glorious. Yeah, and anyway. you're, you played against, uh, I think, Longton, right? Yeah, I played against Longton, which I was, like, concentrated. There, there were two games in this entire tournament where I was, like, like just laser-focused, and this was one of them. Yeah, and he oh, was yeah. playing Rezzers. I'm not sure what master he dropped. He played McMorning, too. Oh, okay. And this, yeah. so Cursed Objects is the round... Where I noticed mm-hmm. a lot of double masters would be running. I think there's been a lot of talk on uh, Discord, and there's been a lot of talk, you know, in the Malfo World Series and stuff. And I think yep. people are starting to come to the conclusion that cursed objects, the best way to deny points there, is to have two masters and some really solid models, and you yes. know, good luck killing one of them. And some crews are better at that than others. But for example, I played against Shenlong and uh, and Yo- or uh, Misaki one. 
Mm-hmm. And it was a very good cursed objects list. And I ended up losing to it. Not going to go into the details, but Travis is just a good player. And he ended up getting it. I think it was 7-5 maybe. Um, uh, I, I looked at you earlier. Yes, 7-5. And it's because I thought Sandeep was safe, but there was a shadow marker around a building and he wasn't. <laughs> and that gave, up, oh, yeah. that gave up two points. So I was like, dang, I was this close. You were so dang. But yeah, you you surprised the old uh, Hinamatsu drop, and I yep. Hinamatsu is just such a good drop. It's just it's such a solid keyword with being led by by Hinamatsu. Bro, he was shocked. He's like, "What?" People forget <laughs> they forget what they should not have. I have I said that before. It's like they have forgotten how bad she is, and <laughs> I will make them remember. <laughs> yeah, she gets three APs, and she's not easy to kill, right? Because she's armored too, and mm-hmm. uh, she has a lure, so she can get things where they're in position to kill. And the models she has available are ridiculous. Oh yeah, because oh, you yeah. ended up borrowing my Corfi duet. Mm-hmm. I think you brought... What else did you end up bringing? You brought uh, Vasilisa. So, yeah, it was uh, Hinamatsu, and I put the upgrade on the uh, on the little effigy for reasons. Yep. <laughs> and then, uh, whatchamacallit, I had Vasilisa, I had the Corfi duet, and I had um, uh, the Widow Weaver and the Angel Eyes. Yeah, pretty good. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh yeah. If you if Super Neverborn gross. if you're a Neverborn player and you haven't been using Angel Eyes, Angel Eyes is really good with that buff. Oh yeah. I, I'm not saying I, she's an always bring, but I'd say if you bring her quite frequently, she'll get you points a lot. Yeah. I mean I gave her the second ancient pack because I wanted her to I wanted all her shots to count. Yep. And I, I really, she did some work. I think she got me a VP for the mission. Because, like, I only scored six points, but my opponent couldn't score more than two. Yeah, and so how did you feel playing into res? So I think this is one of the, the games after, because I think Longton got put on his on the, his heels really quick. Uh, yep. you, you played a very aggressive style where when you see an opportunity to bottle your opponent up, you usually take it. I actually was going to talk about that. You have said my playstyle. You have explained my playstyle better than most. So describe it real quick. Because that's literally how I played the entire weekend. Well, usually, I mean, you, you like to bring... In, it's a famous saying, right? So if you look at... I, I'm a historian kind of guy. And, you know, studying specifically Civil War history, when people look at Sherman, he was a general. And the thing that people liked about Grant and Sherman specifically is Lincoln said, you know, the reason why I like those two is because they'll fight. You know, back then the North was getting their butt kicked because they wouldn't fight. So Dixon has the same kind of mentality where he's like, I want to bring the fight to my opponent and I want to make them waste APs either killing the threat or disengaging from the threat. So usually that'll involve sending two or three models into an area to try and blockade them. Usually it's into a choke point. Yes. So specifically, if they start funneling their crew into an area of the board, you've been known to, you know, double walk charge. You've been known to triple walk with your master, basically to just be like, I'm going to sit here. I'm going to make you use as many actions and resources as possible. And I'm going to set up scoring on my back end 
while you're dealing with this threat. So, I mean, you've done that with Pandora. I've seen you do it with Hinamatsu. I've seen you do it with uh, Lucas McCabe too. I've seen you do it with his minion. So there's been lots of very tanky, durable models that you just put in there to kind of get them, get somebody stuck in. Yeah, you, you deal with me now. Yeah, because yeah. that in, in round one, the reason why that strategy kind of didn't work was because he had three models that just didn't care. had to be contained. <laughs> yeah, they had to be contained in some way, and I just didn't have the the pressure to all, do all three. I, I focus on one like significantly harder because the first mate will score like all six VPs in, in a mission like that. Yeah, so right? who, d- who did you chuck up into Longton? Uh, so in Hinamatsu, Hinamatsu and the Duet. Okay. Literally, oh, and and I pinned him because uh, he had a forest that was like about six inches off his deployment zone, mm-hmm. and he was trying to like go through the choke point. And exactly what you said happened. I pinned him into that area, and I just kept making it harder for him to get out uh, to the point that he had to kill models without actually giving them the the cursed. Yeah, that can be pretty rough too. Yeah, so one he killed one model with the curse, and that was the emissary, uh, the effigy turn emissary. Yeah, and I know you were saying in that game you were getting double activations with a duet, so that was probably very yes. frustrating because that was probably hunting models down. Oh, dude, it was it was super hard for him because I would like finish off a model with a duet, turn into the two Corfi, he would try to kill them, leave him like one life, and then Vasilisa or uh, who was the other one? I think it was just Facilis that would just heal him back up yeah. to like two or three life. And then he, they would run away, turn back into the duet, uh, and then have the uh, the two armor protect them from the poison. Well, and people also forget that during the start phase, if you're next to a puppet, you just gain staggered. Also true. It, yeah, yeah, that happened uh, That happened in every game that I play puppets. People will forget, oh, hey, I have Facilis, so you're staggered. Yep, feels pretty good. <laughs> it happened against you. Actually, it, it happened against it you, did. but you didn't argue it. Well, you were like, as soon as you well, remember, you're well, like, no, oh, well, that's there, right. What, what, what do you argue? I mean, I'm just like, yep, I forgot about that. That sucks. <laughs> no, no. Okay, so I, I, the, the word argue is wrong. You know how people go, it's like, no, wait, give me that card. Let me just read that. Like, in your case, it was more like, oh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> that's a thing. I'm like, mm, I forgot <laughs> about that one. <laughs> because you don't, you just don't see Puppet that much. And yeah. even Vasilisa, I feel like you don't see her too much either. Absolutely. And and I love that you were the most... Eff- Actually, I mean, you won that game, so that explains the reason why. Because you grabbed Hinamatsu and chucked her into a corner of the table. <laughs> you didn't try to kill her, which is the smart thing. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that <laughs> you, you just... You have to figure out ways to be like, okay, I can dedicate one thing into wasting time on Hinamatsu or models like it. <laughs> you can't have your yeah. whole crew there trying to deal with this model. Yeah, because I had Hinamatsu surrounded by like four of your models. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so that's just something that, oh. you know, you just can't do. So, right. um, I mean, it sounds like you just kind of started grinding that down and just kind of, um, I know it got a little heat because I think Longton was getting frustrated with how, how far back and out of position he was. I mean, that's, that, I was looking yeah. at it and got that feeling as I walked by the table. Yeah, and I, and I, my meds, Probably were not doing that well or something because he was getting so frustrated that my brain just started like getting frustrated as well, even though that I was winning. Yeah. And I like I asked for a break from. He's like, put it on my clock or something. I'm just gonna walk away. And then long ten apologized. And like I think like five or ten minutes passed, and then we went back to the game. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, and by the way, even though that I lost like five or ten minutes on my clock, uh, he clocked out. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I was going to mention. 
I won by the margin that I did because he clocked out and I was able to finish off Breakthrough and the first point of assassination because huh? he did a fantastic job of not letting me near his ministry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, how did you end up doing like with Angel Eyes in that game? I think a lot of people are curious to see how Angel Eyes did as a Neverborn player. So she took out... Oh, I mean, she she was glorious. She wasn't the MVP because the duet was there. That's the only reason why. Because yeah. the duet is way too good of a model to not be the MVP because she just did so much, right? Yep. That being said, Angel Eyes got me two VPs, basically. Well, a BV and a half because she one-shotted the... Uh, whatchamacallit? The, the, the curator. Okay. So that's one VP. And then she did like three or four damage to... Uh, one of the summon uh, Frankenstein's to like set it up for the next turn, and then Hinamatsu would just finish them off. Okay, yeah, I and mean, that sounds about yeah. right. And I don't think McMorning has a ton of armor, so that wasn't big. But I'm sure she was just putting out some decent damage here and there. Exactly. No, that's, yeah. She, all she did was just like pinging damage after that, mostly because nobody wanted to be within 14 inches of her. Yeah, what did the score of that one end up being? Six two. Okay. Man, you must yeah, have really able... you must have really bottled him up. I did, dude. He we played the entire game about four inches from his deployment zone. So, and I think if you play if you're playing Malifaux right, and you're noticed you notice that you're playing like barely out of your deployment zone, you need to move. Like you can't win games when you're just sitting in your deployment zone. You gotta. You're not playing sometimes... Tau in forty k. You know. <laughs> you gotta sometimes just run like my third round opponent, which is gonna be. Very quick, I swear. But my third round opponent was the same one that beat you on the second round. Yeah, and that was kind of the thing I was going to say, is when I was playing against um, that, and Travis is a really good player, but I I was playing against Shenlong and Misaki, and I was in my deployment zone turn one, right? Like, he was putting down, popping up out of the shadow markers, doing all this damage and stuff. And it got to the point with turn two where I'm just like, you know, I don't think I'm going to score the strategy that much. I'm just going. So I literally just started tossing my models up the board. I started placing my models up the board and I literally left it. And I'm like, if he wants to chase me, maybe I'll get a point out of it. Um, But I was like, nope, I'm just going to go try to get my four points on my schemes. And it almost won me the game. But like I said, Sandeep got got crushed turn five. So that sucked. Yep, yep, yep. I, I completely understand. Yeah. Uh, Because when I played him, he did the complete inverse. Yeah, so round three... You play against Travis, who's a very good player. He comes off of beat me 7-5. Um, right. So looking at it, it was carve a path, which is not your strongest strategy. It's my worst by far. So uh, you, you said you ended up killing a lot in this game, but what did you end up dropping so, and what did he drop? So I'll save my, my list because he only killed two models. He killed a, a wall. Okay, so it's Sarida, Juju, First Mate, Kurgan, Will-O-Wisp, and Wall Guys. Mm. And, and... Candy. Nice. Because he did not ban woe. <laughs> and I was like, okay, then I'm playing candy. <laughs> and he and, dropped the Sami, didn't he? And that's what I was gonna get to. The list, the the core is one thing, but I uh I killed uh we'll talk in a second about that, but I killed like almost four times where he killed and I lost the game. I just wanna point that out. Uh he had Betty. So first off, Asami won. So Asami won Amanjaku. Then Betty, then Minako, uh, Wanakaname, the Swordsman, a Tengu, and the Story of Tan Wan, right? Uh, ooh. It was very defensive. Yeah. And 
We almost played the entire game. I, I would say that, except he did. He spent so many actions just running away from me. Yeah. And scoring points that I was shocked. I was like, "Wait, how? How does this work? Yeah. <laughs> like, why is he?" And he was he was trying really hard not to have to fight me. Not like he wasn't trying to kill my models, but he wasn't trying to stay in the fight because he knew that that was bad, right? Yeah. Well, so it, he would summon like models, what, and it's kind of like what Cam said in the chat over here, where you just have to realize when the matchup is not favorable to you, and yes. be like, you know, here's a model you can kill it if you want, but everybody else scatter. <laughs> Yeah, and that's exactly, that's literally, so Betty scored him like three VPs uh, just by diving charge out of combat, moving forward, and like interacting with things. Uh, he left the the first mate alone, so the first mate scored me three VPs. And the other two points, I got it from Candy literally, so late into the game. I got the Vendetta, and that was it. So my score was five points capped. And he was seven. And I just couldn't believe that I was, quote-unquote, doing so well in combat and losing so hard. Oh, at least in my I head. mean, it's Carve a Path, though. So, I mean, you don't... And that's why when I was playing round three, I was like, okay, I still want to play Sandeep because this is my Sandeep tournament. But I was right. like, if I play Colette, Colette even more so, and you've played against it, Dixon, is more oh, like, yeah. I'm just going to play my own mini game and just kind of ignore you. <laughs> Yeah, but your Colette also has the, uh, whatchamacallit, the ability to die. <laughs> I don't want to say, like, like oh, it's guaranteed that you're going to die, but Colette dies randomly from, like, shockwaves and stuff. So that's the main yeah, reason why possibly. you didn't want to drop her. Yeah. Yeah. Because I remember you mentioning that. I was like, yeah, but I can do that with Sandeep and not die. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was like, yeah, I can do load him up and all this other stuff that was in the pool. Uh, exactly. What did this, like, was there any kind of big moments in your game that you were just like, oh, this is kind of how he won? Or was it just because he kind of cut and run and just scored his points? Um, The biggest point was when I couldn't kill or obey Betty. Mm -hmm. uh, I flipped the Black Joker on one of my attempts to get her to get back into the fight. Yeah. And then she just was so far away, it didn't matter if I obeyed her or not. Okay. And the second time was I was going to get a early first point of vendetta on like turn two and i had a 12 in my hand but not a 13 and basically i don't remember how like if it was like he flipped the 13 three times but out of three uh duels candy could not get that last point to to the lone swordsman because she had vendetta on the lone swordsman yeah yeah so i didn't score vendetta until like turn four okay yeah the first point at least so what was the end score of that game? Seven five. Yeah, still yeah. still close game. It was a close game, but it felt like I was getting outplayed so hard. Like I didn't feel bad. Uh, I was amazed, basically. Yeah. It's like what just happened? I murdered like thirty seven points of models, and he killed like ten, and he beat me. I mean, that, that's the beauty <laughs> of Malifaux, right? Is you don't have to fight. You can just literally cut and run and yeah. go, go score your points. Dude, he, he summoned two Jorogumos, two uh, monkey demons, one Obsidian Oni. I killed all of those. I killed the Lone Swordsman, and I killed the... Um, I can't remember. Oh, and I put Minako to Half-Life. That's what it was. And it felt like, you know, like an ass whooping. <laughs> and I lost the game, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, at the end of day one, us bo both of us are two and one. Um, yep. I mean, how did you feel after day one in this event? I was like, oh, crap, I'm going to play Pete. That, well, we had the exact same <laughs> differential, right? 
That's exactly my point. I was like, no, I don't want to play P. So <laughs> kind of leading into it, right? So, you know, we end up going out to eat. We, uh, we hang out with like Jesse and we end up, you know, smoking and hanging out and stuff, which was a lot of fun. And oh, yeah. you and I end up not going to the karaoke and Bonanza stuff because we ended up going to church uh, Sunday morning. So we had, to, well, we had to get up early for that. Yeah, not only that, but we also, we also were staying an hour yes. away. So we had a little so bit of like, a trip. Yeah. So we, we basically had an hour back, an hour forwards to go to the church, finish the church, and then come back. And we made it. We're like, I think it was like five minutes, yep. uh, a little bit over. It, but like, It was funny, though, right? Because so round four ends up kind of getting paired up. And, right. you know, some people dropped because they had too much fun the night before. <laughs> so that changed kind of the pairings and stuff. So, so we actually end up dodging each other, right? Like, so round four, like, for like I'm, a I'm second. sitting there and I'm kind of like getting my <laughs> stuff out. I'm playing, you know, I'm staring my new opponent in the face. And yeah. all of a sudden Doug goes, somebody showed up. I'm repairing. And when I looked yeah. at the repairing, I was like, no, no, Doug, <laughs> what are you doing? Why are you doing this to me? <laughs> this, this is Bush League, Doug. <laughs> bro it was so i was so happy when i saw that my opponent was not you i was like i'm gonna play uh rob i'm gonna play rob <laughs> uh the famous rob from from texas yeah. and that was my opponent and <laughs> i was like yes so we ended up getting matched up in that and i was just like all right well dixon knows what i'm dropping let's see what he's dropping <laughs> so yeah this, uh, i mean this was, it, uh, it was set in stone for me which was lucius and you knew about yeah that. so it was guard guard the stash and you decided to bring lucius because he's gonna help you get your schemey stuff i banned yeah. nephilim because i don't want any part of that <laughs> yeah because we talked about it i was like i have two lists one of them with a nephilim if anybody decides to ban nephilim then you know i have this other sneaky one and I knew that you would not let that happen. You're like, I'm not going to have a tough fight yeah, with a mature the list, you, the list you brought really surprised me. Uh, I, I mean, it was it was uh, a list they had played before like a year ago, which was the thing that I was counting on, hopefully. Because yeah. everybody forgets what, you know, puppets can do. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm uh, going to pull it up while we're talking about it. But yeah, you ended up, oh, yeah. ended up bringing Lucy with two lawyers. You yeah. brought Angel Eyes, you brought Hinamatsu and Vasilisa, and one puppet? Or one... Yeah, one... Whatever they're called? Yeah, one wicked doll so that I could turn it into a stitch together. Yeah. And, I mean, they were doing God's work. Those models were great. I'm not going to lie. I was very happy. Mm -hmm. But, <laughs> uh, the mobility that your list has, I, was, uh, I just didn't have the pressure uh, to keep it in a place because, unfortunately, you heal it back up. Yeah, and this... And this tournament, and in this game specifically, made me realize how good the Fire Golem is just to counter what people are countering me with. Because when people yes. see Sandeep, they know you're going to bring probably either the Ice Golem or the Metal Golem. And yes. people are kind of down on the Fire Golem, but I, when I play them, I never, I never hate bringing the Fire Golem. I actually like it quite a <coughs> bit the way I play Sandeep. Um, uh -huh. So this game just made me realize, like, okay... Like, next time I go to an event and play with uh, Sandeep, I need to bring the Fire Golem more because people were just countering the crap out of armor. <laughs> yeah, and, and that's why I told you this. Like, I found when I was playing Sandeep that I needed the Fire Golem more because of the armor thing. So I, when you told me that you didn't have that problem, I thought it was crazy a little bit. But then after we played in the Lone Star, where more people you know, are aware of the counters, I was like, Okay, so I'm not crazy. I was just playing into somebody and that knew be, what I was bringing. To be fair, I have enough games with Sandeep where I didn't get punished for it. 
right. for example, I mean, I had Metal Golem, which I made you chase around <laughs> because it wasn't yes. staying in one place. But you had Angel Eyes and you had Hinamatsu. So I was like, okay, I need to get away from Hinamatsu with it. And I need to have concealment up to make it bad for uh, for your Angel Eyes to do like tons of yeah. damage, which I thought I did. A, it took you about, I think, two and a half turns to kill the Metal Golem. It took me. It took me one to to score it because uh, Hinamatsu yep. did it by like turn two. Yep. But the second point, the golem has to be dead. Yep. And it took me like three turns after that. Yep. <laughs> I was like, "You need to die." I, I got the wind golem up there early, and I was killing like all your support models, like your lawyers and yep. your totem and. Yeah, uh, your summon model that you got because you summoned a stitch. You did move Hinamatsu into the middle of my crew. So, I mean, you were surrounded by like Sandeep, the Shastar Guard, Banasuva, um, and and yeah, I was just I I realized that I didn't want to be there at a certain point. And right. turn three, I literally just tossed Hinamatsu across the board. <laughs> yep. You yeeted her into a corner, and I was like, this is going to take me a while to get back there. his toss is stat 4, dude. I know. As soon as I flipped like a 12 and you flipped like a 10, I was like, I'm not cheating that. (laughs) This is a trap. The best, because you can only toss uh, a size, because Banasuva is only size 3, so you can only toss size 1 or 2. So that means you have a 2 stat advantage when you're doing these tosses on opponents. I have... Very rarely fail to toss with Bonasuva. Yes. And, oh, yeah. and usually it'll make it where, and I did this in actually my round two game as well. I tossed mm. Shenlong into my deployment zone and <coughs> ran off. So, I mean, he was like 20 <laughs> inches away from like anything that meant anything. Yeah, he has to do two walks on the charge to get back into something of a fight. Yeah. So, as the game kind of progressed, I kind of neutralized Tinamatsu after she scored her point. You did. Yep. You did kill my metal golem. So I mean that that you ended up getting two points off of that. But besides that, I really started kind of controlling the board. I had a gearling kind of running my breakthrough. Um, it was just. Uh, so I killed. Uh, this actually matters because it's funny. Mm-hmm. I killed your metal golem in a combination of obeying your wind <laughs> golem and Vasilisa. Yeah. <laughs> so I just wanted to point that out because it was funny. Yeah, I mean, I want to talk about Vasilisa for a minute because. She's stat six, so she's just a really solid armor two model. She puts right. out, she pulses out staggered any puppet that is within, you have two inches. If you're within puppets within two, you get staggered. Yep. Just happens. Aura two. Yeah, aura two from all puppets on the table as long as she's alive. And she has move along, so she's giving a plus one movement, which is how you got Hinamatsu catapulted into my crew. Yes, obey Hinamatsu uh, six inch move to, to still be within three inches of Vasilisa. Uh, Hinamatsu activates. She is now speed seven. Yep. <laughs> it's so gross. Vasilisa has field repairs <laughs> as a bonus. You can summon, but that's kind of eh. I mean, getting models is good if you have the ability to. That's kind of a win more. Right. But her attack action, dude, I totally forgot about this. Uh, needles and thread. I totally yep. forgot about this. There's like one, I think she's the only one, or there's one more model. That's how rare the ability is. Well, it's one, two, four damage. Um, but if you have staggered, it gets plus two damage. So, yes. I mean, you were doing three, four, six, which started kind of piling up. And I'm like, okay, we need to deal with this. And, and additionally, ignore negatives to the damage flip. 
And if you're additionally, if you don't discard a card, you can't take actions on your card. Yes. Which was key because I waited until you had like almost no cards in hand before I, I started shanking with her. Yeah, and there was ways I could kind of play around it, but yeah, I ended up discarding my last card. Oh yeah, and by the way, this is a stat seven defense attack. So I mean it's pretty good. <laughs> pretty good. I, I just it's like what it's just like Lord of the Rings, man, when Gandalf's just sitting there chatting, he's like, you know, people have forgotten what they should not have. Yeah, there's, that's evil, exactly. there's evil in this world that people have forgotten about, and Vasilisa is one of them. Oh, it's so beautiful. <laughs> yeah, so she was doing really solid, uh, but the rest of your crew was kind of crumbling, and I think by the time we called it, because we kind of saw what it was, right? We were, yeah. we were like, you had Lucius, Hinamatsu, and Vasilisa, and everything else was pretty much dead. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because I, I was trying really hard to deny you points for turns, uh, but I, I, it just, I couldn't staunch the bleeding uh, past six. So like, you well, score your six, and I score. And five. turn three was kind of big because I had activation control. So yes. once you were done, I, I was like, you're like, well, can you deny me the strat? And I was like, yeah, I can. And once yeah. I explained, I was like, I had a mask in hand. And I was like, yeah, right. the gearling can just go twenty inches to deny that point. Yeah, that was actually the key model that I was not counting on. As <laughs> Nobody soon as I saw the, the gearling. gearling. So as soon as I saw the gearling on the right side of the table uh, on turn one in the position of my models, I was like, that gearling is never going to die now. And there's, because uh, just so, so the listeners would know, there was a building, a forest, and some uh, pieces of, of terrain that were like blocking, and the gearling was behind all three of them. Yeah. So you had to go through all of that to get to the gearling, but the gearling has effectively movement 20. Yeah, Cam Cam just said that gearlings look nuts. I would say if there's sabotage in the pool, breakthrough, uh, any of those kind of far scheming um, schemes, gearlings just do what they want. They're they're very hard to kill for a five stone minion because they have like leap aside. They get conditions that people get, which gives them more actions. So they just do work and they ignore models and terrain. So they just, they do whatever they want. Like they just go in a straight line go beeline it and they're very difficult to deal with they're not impossible to kill but they are very yeah. difficult they're they're better than a silverade in my opinion they are in the category of ron swanson <laughs> for their category i got a permit it says i it can says do, I what, do I what i want <laughs> yeah there's there's like a few models in the game that have that like carlos uh first mate you know these models yeah. loiza and the gearlings somehow as a minion are in that category. I think they are amazing. I there are very few games that I wouldn't that I would put them on the table and, and regret it. I think most of the time you're going to get points out of them. They're just they, they go they score points. And if you yeah. if you sniff out that somebody's trying to kill your gearling, they can just run away. They just like okay, if you want to spend you know three actions trying to hunt me down, have fun. Yep. I mean, it still offends me that they're so cheap. They're like five points. Yeah, they're five stones. Correctly. Yeah. Yeah, that is offensive. You can bring a package with J5 and them that is only 17 stones. So you get two gearlings and you get J5 for 17 stones. That's money. You can you can put that in almost any crew in Arcanus and it's going to be gold. Like if you like playing Karis, they love seeing Karis because anything that gets fire, they get fire. And that makes an extra action for them with their bonus. Oh my God, it's so annoying. Yep. I hit you with, I remember the, the chain that happened. I hit a, a model with like Pandora too, and he just went stun, 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 stun on like three or four models. And I was oh, like, yeah. I'm going to pay for that later. Yep. I really am going to pay for that later. 
Yeah. So, I mean, I, um, I ended up getting it 6-5 is what we kind of called it on. I think that was pretty reasonable because yeah. it was a tight game. I mean, but just that turn three, I really kind of just out-positioned you. Yes, yes, you did. And, yeah, it, that's just kind of how it ended. I, I, in the end, I tried to get you below five points. I just couldn't. Yep. Yeah, and then, uh, so at that point, I think we're both three and one at that point. No, you're three and two at that point. No, I'm two and two. Or you're two and two, three and yeah, one. That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so you go into round five, and I believe this is where you're playing Cam here. Yes. So this would be funny to kind of hear you talk about it. <laughs> so I would love to hear Cam, actually, unfortunately. Because, like, the thing is, I didn't know what was what I was coming into because... I saw 10 Thunders, and I was like, well, I mean, I really want to play the giant spaghetti monster, which was, you know, Rexy Boy with Barkas yeah. and Titania. And I said, you know what? I need to play more uh, Double Masters. Even if I lose, I'm already in a losing bracket. Let's see what happens, yep. right? And Cam brings uh, freaking um, uh, Mayfang 2. Okay. And we had a whole bunch of conversations in the podcast where Mayfang 2 is a giant pain in the ass yep. because you can reduce damage to zero. Yep. <laughs> My God. <laughs> Bro, she was like... Re- I I couldn't kill her. I really didn't. Like, I tried. I tried. I think I got my assassinate, and that's about it. I got one point of assassinate. Yeah. And Cam says, love that removing stun reactively. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I said, you need to know when to cut and run. That game was me not knowing when to cut and run. Yeah, yeah, because I... Remember the conversation that we had about my play style? Cam didn't know how to just drop the fight and move out. Yeah. And he did it, like, I think it's turn four when finally Mei Fang left the the mess. But I think he did it because the moment that Mei Fang escaped from that, his model started dying except for his metal golem. Yeah, and this one's covert ops, so really you don't want to be bogged down. You want to be able to go spread out and get your points on the strat marker. So yeah. if you were able to kind of pin Cam down in an area, yes. that can really start to snowball position-wise. So uh, long story short on the game, actually, he did have a, a bridge, basically, to get models out. But I caught it off with Barkus because Barkus has an aura of no placing. Yeah. And that's what happened. I literally placed Barkus on top of all the middle uh, scrap. Yeah. And he couldn't come out of his deployment zone into that middle scrap to then go past that point. Yeah. So he had to kill Barkus. And the entire rest of the fight, basically, until like turn four, was in that, you know, Barkus has to die mode. Yeah. Well, eventually he did kill him. <laughs> yeah, he, he says it right there. He says, by the time I killed Barkus, the emissary was planted between the middle points. And that thing would either eat or block anything that escapes. True. Yeah, yeah hung, Hungry Land is uh, a real jerk move, that's for sure. Yeah, and then he says, Flying t- T-Rex is basically the Ron Swanson of that list. He was doing what he wants. Yeah, he's like, I got a permit. Well, and then on top of that, you have to deal with Titania. And Titania actually, I don't think Titania did particul- particularly well in this uh in this tournament, I'm going to pull it up right now just so I can. In look the at tournament, it. she did not. In this game, she because of Barkas, yeah, she, she, was she was free to do whatever she, she wanted. She was one four and one, and I feel like she's tough to play well sometimes because I think people can become. I feel like she's one of those masters where sometimes people want to use her melee, but I think that's a right. mistake. I think you want to use her ranged attack. Yeah, because Ken how will tell you, is. she didn't walk; she teleported. Yeah. 
in our game, I think she walked the total one time, and the rest of the time she was teleporting with the trigger on the on the Germany. Yep. And that's I, I spent that eleven of mass at one point in time. That's how like I was like that's this is how important this is. She did eleven of mass. <laughs> I also hear that you abused Cam with uh, Titania getting a lot of moderates. Uh, it wasn't this game. Oh. Uh, I think it happened one time, but it wasn't this game. It was the six six round. Where it literally went off the rails, and I don't think she flipped anything below a uh, moderate. Yeah, you, you, like, you definitely, yeah. when you play against Dixon, you have to have a good catcher's mitt set up with your crew to be like, all right, I'm ready to receive the alpha. Here we go. <laughs> yep, yep. Uh, Cam saying, it's like, Barkus took all the heat off her. It's like, it's true. She, she still lost half her life four times. Throughout the entire game, because Cam <laughs> was still beaten into her with like uh, the metal. Yeah, because golem, anytime you activate near her, she does a damage and heals. It's freaking annoying. Yeah, it, it, and that's exactly what happened. Like, like, like Cam is saying, it's like he abused me constantly, getting back above seven wounds. Because she was like, I attack, I heal too, I remove my fire and injured, I do it again, I do it again, and I just kept her above eight. And it wasn't like me missing the beats on damage. I gave him the dice, and I told him, I said, whenever something happens, let me know, and I'll choose whether or not I want to use the Soul Stone. So he had my my health on a spin-down die, and constantly it would go like, all right, it's a five life, it's back to eight. It's, <laughs> it's back to this. It was crazy. Hmm. You alright, Pete? Yeah, I'm good. Oh, okay. So what? how did that game end up finishing then? Uh, I want to say it was seven five as well, but I gotta double check uh, my app. Uh, seven five or seven three, something like that. Double, let me see. Uh, Lone Star. Well, anyway, uh, anything you want to say real quick, like about your fifth round? While I'm looking for this, uh, <laughs> not really. So my fifth round was against Angel, and that was awesome to play against him because you know we've talked with him a bunch, uh, and he ended up pl- dropping Brewmaster two. Or sorry, Brewmaster mm. one, and I had this kind of sand deep list where it was like I was ready to deny, I was ready to set stuff on on fire. I ended up bringing zero soul stones because I brought two soul stone miners. Right. Oh my gosh. Which was <laughs> which was probably a mistake because with Brew one, uh, angels trying to kill a, a very important model turn one or turn two. Um, so knowing that now, I probably would have built a little more cushion in there with like five soul stones, but I, I went, I went bold with it and I was actually setting up pretty good. Um, but he ended up killing Sandeep turn two, like first activation turn two. So I kind of looked at the board and I was like, well, I got the rest of my crew, so let's see how close we can keep this. But in my head, I was like. Angel is going to like eight zero me. Like this is going to get bad. <laughs> so because of that one mistake, yeah, it feels like that sometimes. But it it, it was pretty close the whole game. Uh, it it got to a point where it could have been a tie, huh. uh, but there was a couple of misplays on my part, and Angel kind of scalpeled out a couple of models that were problematic for him, mm-hmm. and I think that one ended up being seven uh, five is what that one ended up being as far as finishing. Um, just because I couldn't deny, I just didn't have the bodies to deny the strategy. At that point. And I only denied one of his schemes, which I think was assassinate. He, he, uh, he got one point for killing Sandeep, but he didn't get the first point because he just blew him up. (laughs) Okay. 
I mean, it makes sense. Like, literally, you put him in a certain range. And the thing is, he probably didn't even think that he was going to be dying. Well, and it's funny, though, right? Because in in my head, like, I, I didn't... Mm-hmm. I was like, I knew what Brewmaster did. But I, th- yeah. I thought I played aggressive but conservative enough to not lose him that early. Mm, okay. But... He taught you differently. <laughs> yeah, like, I couldn't... I literally had a dead scheme because I didn't have the models to score load him up. So at that point, I was like, okay, I need to try to position, load him up at the end of the game with his master because mine's dead. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. And that's the first time I encountered that with Sandeep. Usually load him up is not a problem. Um, Once again, I should have brought the fire golem because of that. But I just, like I said, armor is tough for gremlins. So that's kind of why I was like, oh, yeah, armor. They they can't deal with it. But I should have brought the fire golem because of load him up just as a backup knowing how good angel was yeah Um, and and again we talked about this in my experience that was the case because like i had seen so many people counter the armor that i started using the fire golem and he was more effective in your experience you hadn't encountered that yet yeah and it's just like i said it just gave me a new perspective for sure and it, it could have very much like we were playing for a draw into turn five so like i was just I was proud of myself for being able to bring that game back after losing Sandeep so early. Of course. Also, I honestly, I thought that that was because you both of you actually are some of the best clutch players. Well, like when you're behind, you actually make great, greater plays than if you're not. Yeah. Yeah. Both you and and at least in my experience, I've seen you guys literally come, which will come into uh, play actually now that we're going to turn six. Yeah. So we'll talk about mine after yours, but you end up playing against somebody who actually is a newer player, apparently. So this is a shock. Uh, He plays like a top table player, but has no experience. Yeah. Yeah. And that actually threw me off. And I was getting upset because I thought he was trying to game me because he was like doing certain things. I was like, this doesn't fit with the fact that you actually are acting like you know what you're doing. And... We find out later on he's Noble's little brother. Yeah. <laughs> and he, yeah, he, he came from Alaska with uh, to them. I forgot how long they stayed, but he trained basically to get, you know, good enough. And he came to the tournament. He ended up three and three. Okay. So you give him a little bit more uh, experience or, or, or crew knowledge. And he's probably going to start hitting the top tables. He's really good. Yeah, and this was, uh, this was Cursed Objects going into round six. So... What yeah. did you end up bringing? What did they uh, drop into you? So I did. <laughs> I did a crime. <laughs> I showed you the list literally right before we started the game. Yeah, I think I called and you a degenerate or something. Yeah, <laughs> like, you're such a degenerate. I was like, <laughs> I started laughing. I was like, bro, I need to try this because I, I again, I was like, I'm gonna start doing double masters and see where I can get right. Yeah. So the list is Pandora, Poltergeist, Titania, <laughs> Candy, the mysterious effigy with the with the upgrade, so he can turn to the to the emissary later on, and the Kurgan. That list just looks like he, cancer, dude. I'm sorry. <laughs> he banned. I think it was Nephilim. I mean, sure. I mean, that would suck too. But what you brought isn't anything I want to play against either. Yeah, I, I understand that page. I just, but like, I hate Titania. Like, you are so good with Titania. It's just frustrating. So, that happened, because, like, I know that in, in some of our games, Titania does a double moderate, like, two times in a row, and you, like, lose your shit. Yeah. 
Uh, that happened to him. It's like, what, two, four, five, and you get plus one damage on it, too? Correct. That's exactly what happened. So he hit, he got hit in two actions for five, for ten damage. Yeah. On Manos. And Manos is, like, I think he's, like, eight health or something at that point. Yeah. And yeah, he just, like, he, he took the first hit, stone, only prevented one. He's, like, at three or four life, something like that. And he takes the second hit, and he... And like he took like a beat or two where he's like, I I guess he dies. <laughs> he just, I'll put the upgrade on the shield bearer and then I kill the shield bearer. And it's just like what what is happening? Yeah. So the reason where I started one second. Yeah, and I know like cause we were playing right next to each other, so I just there was one point in your game where I just heard him say something about like giving the curse to you and you're like, Well, I'm just gonna give it back to you, so I don't <laughs> No, okay, so I threw him off a couple of things because, like, there's a couple of plays that if you're new, you haven't seen them. Like, for example, I gave the curse to somebody. Pandora was, like, a two-life. She activated, took a fire uh, condition, so that triggered the one damage, and I verified with him. It's like, do I take another fire if I keep doing actions? He's like, no. Okay, so I'm a one-life? Yes. There's a hazardous terrain within, like, four inches of Pandora. I do AOE garbage, I pass my curse token, and I jump into my own hazardous. Yeah. And he's like, what? It's like, yeah, I'm killing my own master so you can't score anything. And that that's the type of play that I'm talking about. It's like, if you give this kid more time and start seeing things like that, because he, mechanically, he was, his, his card discipline was great. He knew exactly, like, okay, I can't cheat for this, can't cheat for that. His positioning, he, like, like planned out his move so he wasn't out of positioning uh for a new player that's impressive in my opinion and and that's why i got thrown off i was like he's playing like somebody that knows exactly what he's doing but he didn't know the opposite side of the table stuff yeah yeah okay oh by the way i killed my own titania as well <laughs> for the same reason Jeez. same reason same exact reason i was like it's like turn three or four and i'm like okay pass the token kill your model jump in and kill myself he's did like, you uh what <laughs> Did you triple walk Pandora into his crew? I yeeted Pandora triple walked into her crew. Because uh, we were playing corner, yeah. and the Kurgan did Kurgan things. Uh, I gave him fast, the, the Kurgan, I gave him fast uh, by doing the trick with Candy, and then removing the stun. Uh, so he took one damage because he's armor two, and then the Kurgan literally just yeeted Pandora and the Emissary. Like, set up the emissary for, like, the following turn. Then Pandora triple walked, and we played the rest of the game within four inches of his deployment zone. What was the, uh, what was the score on that one? 7-1, because, again, he did not know about the whole killing my own model to deny you points if I have no markers. Oh, if I have no tokens, sorry. Okay. Yeah, so he's like, what? It's like, why would you kill your own models? It's like, because I'm going to win if I keep doing this. Yeah. Yeah. And then he realized what happened, and I think we called it on the bottom of four. He's like, I, I can't get any points. And I was like, I can give you Vendetta. Because I know you have Vendetta in one of these models. So he's like, yeah, I have it on that one. I was like, yeah, okay, you get one point. Yeah, and my tur- my round six was death. So I was, <coughs> I was coming off that grind fest with Angel, right? So my, right. my brain was already kind of like just really, really kind of like worn down from that game because it was a pretty intense game. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, I was a little disappointed because, you know, I, I, there was a point where I thought, you know, I could bring that back to a tie. 
So I get to this and I'm excited because, you know, Nathan is on our Discord a lot. So I see. Oh, oh. And by the way, we're literally playing right next to each other. Yeah. So I'm looking at this man through this entire game. Yep. So, so continue. Yeah, so I'm, I'm like talking to Nathan. I'm like, yeah, I'm excited. However, I'm also getting like text messages from my wife. And <laughs> my son is like trying to get on the like PlayStation Network and the password's not working. So I'm literally, for the first 15 minutes of this game, I'm not only unpacking and playing the game. I'm not only drained from my previous game, but I'm also sitting here, you know, ticked off because I'm, I'm playing a game and I'm having to deal with this crap from like home. Right. So, um, and it's not anything important. I'm kind of just being nice, you know, dealing with it. So my son doesn't have to sit there and just wait on me for like two hours. So, but there was also a point in, I think it was the first activation turn two, where, uh, Nathan, so I was playing Sandeep and I was playing a pretty traditional curse Sandeep list. I had Cassandra in there and then it was, metal golem and everything else i usually bring once again talk about it more in the next episode of dragon ball z people will be excited about it and <laughs> but nathan was playing mecha meme on he, he this is once again where i was like i wish i brought the fire golem because I, there was so much armor piercing he brought mecha meme he brought uh rock hopper. rock hopper and then there were pit traps everywhere so Correct. i was just like i should have brought the fire golem but i'm like we're here because once again, I wasn't thinking when I built my list. I was like, oh, this is my curse list. And then he, I saw Mecha Mima and I was like, this is bad. And then he, he just whams Mecha Mima up into my crew. So I'm talking about like every model except for Cassandra is engaged by Mecha Mima first activation turn two. So Oof. I sit here like, okay, maybe I can punish Nathan a little bit here. I have some models that can do some like pretty heavy hitting. So, oh, yeah. so I go with the Shastar and I, and I punch him. I punch Mechamimaw and do armor piercing, but he stoned it to take no damage. And then since Whoa. I cheated, she scampered away, and I was like, ugh, I forgot about scamper. And then I go, I'm going to do my bonus. And he's like, I got 12 cups. I'm like, ugh, I forgot about 12 cups. You know, because yep. I'm actually getting into the game at this point because I have, you know, the home life taken care of. Right, so right, right. I'm starting to recognize how bad this is. I'm just, he does some things, it comes back to me, and I'm like, this is bad. Like, I can't sit here. And, and at this point, you're, like, down five points, if I remember correctly. No, 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 this is still turn two. Like, we haven't even scored. No, yet. no, I know, I know. But you're, like, future... Because after the game, you told me, it was, like, I think, like, round two, I was losing, and I probably would have only scored two points. And then you said... And then I went into the tank and came back up. Yeah, I mean, at that point, it started off pretty, pretty slow. Like, um, mm. Nathan wasn't, like, scoring all of his points. I think turn two, he scored... Um, we neither of us scored cursed turn two, and oh. then he scored cursed and vendetta turn um three. turn three. So okay. it, it was one of those things where I was down and I had no points, but it was like two nothing. It was like maybe three nothing, and so anyways, I I I I just kind of go into the tank a little bit here. I'm like, okay, I can't win the game this way. So like, I had I had spread them out and I had leave your mark. So I was like, okay, I need to kill models and start getting schemes down. So I end up getting to a point where I'm like, I need to disengage from Mecha Mima. I can leave two models here, but everything else needs to go. So I end up going with my Metal Golem and I ride the rails into his back line. So I decide like, I know I'm going to take damage. I know I'm going to get injured, but I need to start. I need to start putting pressure on his back line because he had like two Bushwhackers in his list. He had... 
he had two bushwhackers, a survivor, because bushwhackers can't get cursed tokens when you set up. Uh, he, he had Big Brain Bryn. He had Sparks and the Rock Hopper. So I was like, if I can get in this back line, I can start doing some serious work. Um, and I also sent the Wind Golem out. So I'm like, I'm going to go hunting with Wind Golem. And everything else can kind of keep Maw busy. I wasn't too concerned about that. So it ends up getting to the point where I end up, I get a little frustrated on the survivor. I forgot the survivor had hard to kill and I didn't hit high enough to get it to one and then ping it with the wind golem. So, and I ended up missing an attack there because my, my cards sucked till turn three. Like they just sucked. I didn't have anything over like a nine. So that was also frustrating. And by the, I was, I was having such a negative time, negative time playing this game just because of everything going on in my head where I was just sitting here I was like, I really hate this game. Like I'm sitting here like I'm going to go home three, three. Um, you know, I I don't want to be three, three. And uh, I'm just pissed off at this point where I think I'm going to quit. And then I just sat here and I was like, no, it's like Nathan's cool, dude. I want to play this game out. And I told Nathan, this was like, you know, like things aren't going really well right now. I'm pretty ticked off. I'm thinking about quitting, but you know, I want to play a game against you because you're on discord and I, I like you're cool, dude. So that kept Mm -hmm. me going and I started kind of seeing like, okay, now that I'm staying in the game, how do I get points? So I just, I started kind of dunking some models. I started kind of grinding my way back in. I scored, leave your mark. I sent Cassandra up to start scoring, spread them out. And it got to a point where at the end of the game, it was pretty tight. Like it was about four, four, I think at that point. So I had to play like denial plus, you know, score my points. Yeah, and I was I was able to set it up where I think the only two models that I lost were my Shastar Guard and the Metal Golem. Those were the only two models that died for me. Whereas I was able to score three off the strat by nice. killing like the Survivor. I killed the Rock Hopper and I killed uh, a Bushwhacker. I put the token on the Bushwhacker and dunked it. Yep, and and I want to also point out he's immune to your Hastus. So this was just like yeah. even like more impressive in my opinion when I was looking at the game. Anyway, continue. Yeah, and that's the thing. Maw just doesn't care about any of my terrain once it's down. So Sandeep, yep. he really neutralized Sandeep because I couldn't do my bonus because Maw just Maw was like in his back pocket, like where Sandeep yep. didn't get his bonus the whole game except for like turn yep. one maybe two. Uh, yeah, and the shockwaves didn't matter a ton. It put some pressure on some models. <clears throat> specifically in the back line but it really didn't like it, it, it really didn't do anything I could have played like any other master uh, except for his front of card abilities did did win me the game there was a point turn five where Sandeep literally had the win goal and concentrate to move me away from Mecha Mima after she uh, did her thing and then I literally mm-hmm. just walked, walked, dropped a scheme marker, put shields on myself, and that won me the game because it got me my first point of spread me spread them out. Bravo, sir! But Bravo. yeah, I was I'm, I was I'm, super mad. You deserve that clap. Yeah, <laughs> I was super mad. I, mean, I was ready to quit that game. We've had we you and I have had games like that before where I'm impressed by that. I still remember the 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 Lady Justice one game because of that because it was like the most tilt that I could imagine my opponent have, and you clawed your way out and won that game. Yeah. You were mad for, like, 20 minutes that game. Yeah, and it was one of those things where it wasn't, like I said, it wasn't because of what was going on in the game specifically or Nathan. It was the fact Mm. that the previous game and what was happening, you know, back home 
kind of was yeah, like yeah. really ticking me off and then the game wasn't helping at that point. But w- right. once I kind of let that loose and kind of refocused on it, I just I realized that the game wasn't away and that I can really start chipping away at this and and kind of make it a game. And I'm glad I did because I think Nathan and I both had a, a fun a fun time after turn three um, mm-hmm. because, you know, I got back well after turn two, but I yeah. got back into a good exchange of models as opposed to me just I, before that. I was just kind of making stupid mistakes and not really thinking clearly. And um, yeah, it, it was just something that you just kind of got to re-zero yourself when you're when you have things like that happening. Yeah, no, like, again, I was right next to you, and I got to see that wave of, like, I'm not happy, I'm upset, oh, Pete's getting angry, and then all of a sudden it's like, nah, I got this, I can handle, like, literally just, like, the up and down was just like, is Pete, is Pete gonna be okay? <laughs> Do I have to, like, check on him? Yeah, I, and once I, once I got past turn three, like, once I started getting rid of models and scoring points, I was, I started to kind of see a line of victory, and I was like, okay, we just need to do this, this, and this. Ma can just sit over there and attack stuff randomly. She ended up killing the guard, which was good. Oh, man. he So he literally had, he could have attacked the Shastar guard with with her um, with her claws. But yeah. I was next to a pit trap. So he did something smarter where he's like, I'm going to harpoon you, do two damage, drag you in to do a point of damage and injured. Yes. And he did that twice and killed the Shistar guard because, you know, once he got to hard to kill, the pit trap killed him. Exactly. And it's so it's so frustrating how efficient that harpoon is because uh, I was excited when I was playing her. But then playing against you for a while, it's like, this is what I do to people? This is gross. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and we talked to Jesse a lot the night before trying to tell him, like, hey, here's some instances where, you know, Maw 2 is good. And right. I would have rather played against Maw 1 because Maw 2 just shut down so much of what Sandeep was doing. Yes, like hardcore. And that's the main reason why I was a little bit surprised that you dropped it. Because I know that you had the other two keywords in your bag. Yeah, I just... I Well, I didn't know he was dropping Maw, but I, I should have uh, brought a Fire Golem instead of the Metal okay. Golem. And I think that would have had a better time of things. I agree. Because uh, the fact that you cannot reduce... Uh, armor. I'm sorry that you that she ignores the armor was basically the only defense that you had with the metal golem because that shield can only go so far. Yeah, yeah, but I still got a lot of work out of the metal golem. Like I said, I, I made the best out of the worst of it, but the rock oh, yeah. the rock hopper ended up um, ended up killing it, which made me sad. Any crazy stuff that your wind golem did this game? Oh, good lord, yes, the wind golem's MVP man at the whole tournament. Uh, the wind, I know the, the wind golem in this game killed. Two bush, I think two bushwhackers. Either way, he killed he killed the survivor. He killed a bushwhacker. He killed the rock hopper, and that's just in this game. And then he got back <laughs> into position to then yeah. concentrate to bring Sandeep out. And then he helped the Bonasuva score that point for uh, leave your mark. So it, it, there mm. was just so many instances where the win because the wind golem. We actually had an interesting conversation with Angel about uh, Soulstone Cash because yeah. he said most of the times you really like you don't really get much out of it. You just it ends up costing you like four stones instead of two stones because you're going to spend those stones to like try to stop yourself from dying. But the Wind Golem, and this goes with Neil Henry too, I think. But the Wind Golem specifically is mm-hmm. there's so many times where you kill stuff like it gets into the back line so many times 
where you're just kind of like, you know, I kind of need a soul stone. Let's go kill this little model over here. <laughs> I did that against you. I'm like, oh, let me kill the scribe. Dead. Yeah. <laughs> oh, let me kill. Let me kill a, a lawyer. I'm like, uh, do I really want to discard a card so you have to use the token, the, the chi yeah. token? Eh, it's not worth it. Well, that's the thing, right? And that's why it's so good because there's so many times where it's like, oh, I'm manipulative, or oh, I'm this, and it's just like, yeah, I'll just use the chi to get a positive and dunk it. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Oh, by the way, high ram, get a collision or, or a pouncing strike. You flip. It, exactly. It's like you flip the cards and you're like, do I really want to? Because like she, since the golem has plus flips, he usually flips higher. And then you're like, do I really want to cheat this? It's like, ah, I'm just going to take it. And you're like, okay, then I cheat this like seven of rams. It's like, oh, come on, dude. It's <laughs> like collision. Blammo. Yeah, but it was a it was a super good tournament, man. And I mean... Every like all the games were great, even the even the tight ones. Um, yes. You ended up finishing eight at four and two, and I ended up finishing eleven at four and two, just because my games yep. were so freaking tight. Every single one of your games was like one or two points. Every like my games, I had two games where like I had like a seven point, uh, sorry, a five point differential. Yeah. So that's the main reason why. When when I was looking at the our, our results at the end, I was like, why am I higher? And like Rob, Rob and I were both four two, but his differential was like six points higher than mine. So he dream crushed people more than I than we both did. Yeah, and I mean, first place Landon got it with Thunders. Angel took it with Bayou for second, and then Carlo yep. took it third with Outcast. So I mean, if I remember correctly, Carlo and Angel had the exact same score uh, all the way down to strength of schedule, where then. Angel was uh, higher by a little bit. Uh, double checking. Yeah. Yep. So literally 15 points on, on total tournament points. Nine point differential for both. Uh, Angel had 32 VPs. That's the other one that's different. Angel had 32 VPs and, and Carlos had 29. And then strength of schedule, 615 for for Angel and then 600 for Carlos. Yep. Yeah. And it, it, I tell you, there's a lot of 10 Thunders in the top 10. Um, yep. all, so looking at Arcanist, man, so this is kind of where I go into the statistics of this thing. Like the Arcanist, mm -hmm. there was only three of us, but combined we had like a 67% win rate with that. Yes. <laughs> Which again, I was shocked that I didn't see more of and you. And Sandeep 2 went 6-2 and two over the weekend, so we, yeah. we represented the Sandeep well at the Houston Fodown. So, so to, to like say how disgustingly efficient Arcanists are, all three Arcanist players are in the top 16. Uh, the the Neverborn, there's only two in the top eight, and then everybody else is like 19 or below. Yeah, I think uh, Thunders finished okay. There's a lot of 10 Thunders in like the top 20. I think they got one, two, three, four, five, yeah. six. There were seven out of the 11 that yes. finished in the top 20. So Thunders finished very well. Yes, yes, they did. Uh, I, I mean, I would have gone with 16, top 16. There's, like, still a lot. <laughs> like, there's one, two, three, four, five. There's five in the top 16. What the F? Yeah. That's impressive. <laughs> I mean, there's also, they were also the most played faction, right, if I remember correctly? And the least was uh, Explorers? Yep. There's only, like, yeah, one or there's two? there's only two. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know, man. Yeah, I mean, Arcanist finished with the best win rate, 10 Thunders next, and then Rezzers yep. uh, were after that. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely going to post the link so people can kind of <coughs> check this out because it's always interesting to kind of see um, see how everything finishes out. Oh, yeah. Um, but I'm, I don't know. What what are your, in, like, takeaways from this tournament after playing in, in a bigger event like that? 
player strength is like the biggest indicator in my opinion. Because all the, the players that are talked about in the community are the ones that did the best. Yeah. Yeah. If you look at if you look at the standings, literally all all the players that you know are constant they're it's very constant, let me put it that way. Because this tournament I don't recognize basically half the the players. But the other half was full of sharks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretty much from oh. like I would say from like twenty five up, like the twenty fifth like finisher up to number one. Like a right. lot of those names I'm like, oh I know who that is. Oh I know who that is. Oh I know who that exactly. is. Exactly. Yeah, literally, it's exactly right. Like I was like, Oh, this person is this is like Griffin is the new name that I have to like remember. Yeah. Because that's Noble's uh, uh brother. Yeah, and it it's it definitely is just good to see everybody. It's very consistent, right? Like you see when you have more rounds, you see a consistency of, okay, these players are going to be in the top, you know, 25% or top half. Um, And that's pretty much exactly where I finished. I finished 11th, which is a little better than the top 25, which is right about where I wanted to finish. I just, I didn't get enough differential to kind of finish more towards the top. Because literally the only difference between me and you is the differential. I think I had a 12 and you had like a six or something like that. I had a four. (laughs) Okay. Jeez. Yeah, it was hair. It was just, and that was good though because in all my games, even the losses, there was very clear paths to victory. That if flips would have gone different, or if I would have seen something or adjusted a little better at certain situations, or a couple yep. of times constructed a better list, uh, yeah, and, I would have been in it. And another additional take on your. I got 37 VPs total. You had 32. Again, it wasn't like you were scoring low. It's just that all your games were close. Yeah, I was tough to deny some of the things going on. Yep. Um, and that's partly because Sandeep's a, a loose bubble crew. So you can only react so much. Whereas if I play something else that is more flexible, like Colette, like I feel like if I played Colette a little bit more in this, she's very good at denying certain schemes and stuff. Okay. So I feel like that would have been something good to test out in this. And I'm my takeaway is just there's a lot of room to grow with this Arcanist stuff. Oh, of course. But I also kind of want to play by you again. So <laughs> Yeah, no, no. I, I feel the exact same. That's what we saw. I was like, I can't wait until I can start like spreading into other factions because I was getting a little bit burned out uh, like midway through it. Yeah. It was like a week or two. I was like, ah, not today. <laughs> like, I really need to like get into the mindset again. Uh, especially when we were playing with Sarai, me playing Sarai against you, it was just like my brain was just destroyed. Yeah, and I, I think also talking with Angel, uh, he mm. shared with me Sandeep being a decent second master for Rasputina or Karis. Mm-hmm. So before I go back to Bayou, that's something I'm going to play around with. Uh, because honestly, even though I like a lot of different masters and Arcanists, Sandeep's still my yep. favorite. So okay. I'm I'm gonna flush it out finally by kind of be like, okay, is is he better second master with Karis or is he better with Rasputina, and mm. uh, kind of see what I think there. A lot of I talked to a couple of Arcanist players on Discord, and they're right. like, yeah, I think he's more gross with Karis because you know he's putting out more pyres that are putting out more injured, and it gets gross. Okay, that's fair. I'm, I'm me on the other hand, I'm I'm just gonna play for funsies. Like I'm just I'm not gonna be as honed in anymore. Yeah. I had a blast when we were just doing different factions because it was giving me, it was keeping me from being burnt out. Yeah, for sure. And it's just one of those things where I think 
you get focused in for an event, you got some time now to kind of just relax, play some of the stuff that you thought about over the weekend, but do it in kind of a, you know, more loosey goosey kind of, uh, kind of way and just enjoy kind of what you're building. And, and I think honestly, Monday, when I go to the, to the shop, I'm probably going to bring my Bayou stuff. I'm like, let's play some Bayou. I mean, if you are up for a game on Monday, I would like to play or Sunday afternoon. I would like to play you, uh, with 10 thunders. Okay. Yeah. yeah, we can definitely check that out. Yeah. So, yeah, I think I think this event I think everybody's ready for GG4. I don't know how you feel, Dixon. Oh, dude, if I knew when GG4 would be down, I'd be so much happier. But right now, it's just like everybody's just waiting for it. Like Yeah, I'm kind of hoping. Do I really want to put more into learning carve the path? <laughs> I'm, ho- I really I'm hoping I'm hoping November out. is when we get GG4. I just hope that Carve is no longer there. <laughs> I, I like Carve, so I know you do. I know you do. I, you also like. I would be okay with Garden Stash going away. Your your third round was like playing in the kiddie pool, if I remember correctly. Uh, I mean, he he, <coughs> he was a good player, but yeah, he just kind of gave up on the strategy, and I was like, okay, I guess Kendar is going to go over here and move those back. Yeah, because I remember you talking like you told me the play by play, and you're very very nice because like your opponent was a very nice guy. Yep. But in my head, I'm like, you are pulling punches. Like, Because I was like, I know if it was me, you'd be like, no, you're going to eat this. Yeah, well, and plus, so this will be kind of probably one of the last things we talk about here. But yeah. I hate Vendetta so much. It's so stupid. Like, it, unless you have like a range model, I, I really don't like bringing Vendetta. But with that pool, I was just like, what else am I bringing here? It's like. I can't do a couple of these, so I guess I'm going to pick Vendetta on my Shastar guard. And I did that into Taylor, kind of being like, okay, Taylor might come in, and then I can, you know, get some damage and get my point. But no, the Twin Blades come in and just destroy my Shastar guard. So that's two points that I can no longer score. So now I'm playing for like a six-something game instead of an eight-something game. Was that an in the arms moment? Well, when you see the twin blades come in, you're just like, eh, I'm in danger. This is not good. <laughs> the Ralph Wiggums. I'm in danger. Yep. And he was. Uh, and he was in danger. And then there was none. I, I don't know. I, I had a lot of fun. There was a lot of stories that I'm going to be repeating for the rest of my life. Yep. I hope you take it that way. Yeah, and I would just say that the Malifaux community in general is, does a real good job in the States with these tournaments. Uh, so yeah, even if you're a new player, don't, I mean, I, I didn't play, I actually didn't play a new player all weekend, but okay. the new players that were there were a lot of fun to be with. They were open to learn and kind of see how people play the game. And it, and mm. it was really good for them. I feel like they had a good time, even though they were new. Oh yeah. No, I, I mean, Cam, I don't think Cam was a new player, and that's actually what I'm going to be playing against you because I had a lot of fun mm-hmm. playing that against that list. Uh, it's like my type of jam, you know, using severe hazardous terrain yep. against other people. And I like how he played it. I think the only thing that he was not used to was just my aggressiveness. That's it. All right. Well, anything else you want to leave us with, Dixon, before we roll up out of here? No, sir. I'm just thank you guys for being so welcoming. I was super nervous, uh, but I, I, I appreciate it all y'all. Like, if it wasn't for you guys, I wouldn't have been able to make it. And we did give away all of our stickers, so 
we're going to, they turned out really good too. The stickers are awesome. So we're going to order some more of those and any patrons that want those stickers, I'll offer them on the Patreon once I get them back in. And basically if you just pay shipping, you you have, you have the sticker. So um, I'll, I'll calculate all that up, but um, it'll probably be a couple months before we get those back in, but they look good. So I can't wait to get them to the patrons. Thanks. All right. Well, with that being said, make sure that you guys are flipping cards, flipping tables, and we will see you all 